Commish Radio Show back again. What we're doing today is we're doing a special Commish Radio Show. What we are doing now, loved by many, hated by few, respected by all, we're second to none. We're going on the Commish Radio Show featuring Ed Gray. What we are doing and what this moment is, we are doing a Fishbowl Radio exclusive to see how this is going to play off before play off. Uh, play before we go to our regular scheduled program, which airs at 5 o'clock. It's 4.42 p.m. Central Standard Time in Dallas, Texas, where it is now, uh, man, I think it's like 100 degrees out here. We got Gabe uh, on controls right now, as we always know God is in control. What we are doing now, uh, again, we would like to send a special shout-out to all of those people in the Commission Nation Network, the real CNN Commission Nation Network, loved by many, hated by few, respected by all, second to none. Gabe, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. I'm doing all right, doing all right. What we are doing now, before we go live on our version, we just want to see how many people are actually tuning in on this. So if you could give us some love, we would definitely appreciate that. I'm putting this on my personal page as well to see how this is going to play off. And, uh, well, right now we, uh, we're going to take a first. We're going to use this amount of time to talk about the COVID epidemic that a lot of people somehow believe is behind us. It is not behind us, folks. It is real. It is real in the field, as we used to say at my former place of employment before I decided to walk away, walk away with victory, walk away into the land of retirement. But one of the things we said was it is real in the field. And what is real in the field is people are getting sick. People are getting sick. I've known family members that have been sick. I've known uh, former colleagues of mine that have been sick as well. And being sick as well, we have to take our normal precautions that we seem to have been, you know, been somewhat amiss with, you know, like masking up. We're going to have to mask up. Earlier today, I was with the Dallas County Justice Initiative and Remembering Black Dallas, where we were talking about uh, our future plans for the year 2023. Yep, 2023. 2022, it's almost over with, folks. It's almost over with. When the Dallas Cowboys get to playing football, as they are going to be doing in the next couple of weeks, you know it's almost over. Yep, it's almost over. It's almost over. The year is almost over. But this is what we want to do. We want to make sure everyone is masked up and everyone is boosted up. Uh, but, you know, we want to make sure that if you've taken the COVID shots, uh, if you're taking the, you know, you've taken the shots and you've been boosted up, make sure you wear your mask. Because my understanding that this, this is still a bad situation out here, even if you are boosted. So get boosted. Get boosted and remain boosted. And also, you know what to do by now. This drill is with us. It's with us. Make sure you, make sure you mask up and wipe down and make sure you keep yourself for us on the Commission Nation Network because we want to see you back again next Saturday. We're getting ready to turn over to our regular scheduled program, but we wanted to go ahead and give you this personal public service announcement from my person to your person to make sure that we're all personally involved in this together as we are. Gabe, cut us off.
champ is here. Few respected by all with second to none second to none we got Gabe here we've been experimenting here doing all kind of tricks and everything you've been able to check us out live on the fbrn.us uh, website so go ahead and check that out also check us out on the fbrn.us website where they also have us tied in to Spotify uh, what else they got us tied in man uh, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Amazon, music, Google, I, you know all that stuff. Stuff that you probably would be watching if you wasn't watching this now. But we want you to watch this now. We want you to share it now because I'm going to tell you the reason why. The reason why is that if you don't share it, people won't know it. That's the real deal, man, because we have the best radio show from Como to the Congo. That's right. From Como to the Congo. We need you to share it. We need you to share it. If I was doing some ratchet stuff... I'd have all these views, all these. I think I'm going to do some ratchet stuff right now. No, I'm not going to do no ratchet stuff. We're just going to depend on you to share it because we have a lot of information out here, a lot of good information out here because American democracy is under attack. And by me doing something stupid is not going to make America any better. What can make America better is if you would do something about how democracy is falling. Now, check this out. We got an hour show. We're just going to be real brief. We want you to share it. Put it on some other uh, pages, groups, that type of thing. Join my group, which is the Air Gray Political Group. Have some other people to join it as well. We want these numbers up. My numbers are at 5,000 on here. Whoa, wait a minute. What happened? 4,997 friends now. I got three friends dropped out. I wonder what I see. Well, if you're watching and you still want to be a friend, all those people in Nigeria have been watching and want to be my friends, hey, here's your chance. I got three spots that are open here now. Otherwise, that, I guess we got to be a friend on a great, great political page. But on a political page, everyone could join. One of the people who's joined this page, and he's just there as a stalker, is 45. Yep, 45. No, I'm not talking about Michael Jordan, 45, when he was playing with the Chicago Bulls when he wasn't 23. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about 45, the president. So, Gabe, I know you got a couple of clips. Let's open up that first clip and tell them, the folks at home, what they missed out on the January 6th insurrection here. Let's hear it. Top Trump advisors, lifelong Republicans, telling the January 6th committee as the Capitol was under siege and the peaceful transfer of power at risk, they pleaded with former President Donald Trump to tell his supporters to go home. The committee also hearing from two White House staffers who resigned in the insurrection's aftermath. That the president needed to condemn the violence. You could count me among those who was uh, hoping to see an unequivocal, strong statement uh, clearing out the Capitol. 
But Trump waited 187 minutes to tell his violent supporters to leave. Phone records and witness statements obtained by the committee show the then commander-in-chief never called for law enforcement or military help, instead calling Republican senators to lobby them to stall the Electoral College certification while the mob was storming the Capitol. The committee playing radio traffic from anxious Secret Service members in Vice President Mike Pence's detail as rioters threatened to hang him. They are on the second floor, moving in now. An anonymous White House official telling lawmakers they heard over the radio Secret Service agents calling their families to say goodbye, saying they weren't sure they'd survive. Sources telling ABC News Trump took an hour to eventually record this three-minute message, but the committee says the video outtakes show he strayed from prepared remarks that would have condemned his supporters and acknowledged he lost the election. I don't want to say the election's over. The political breach between Trump and Pence will be on display in Arizona Friday as the two men campaign for competing candidates for governor. Trump supporting a candidate who's embraced his election fraud lies, while Pence is backing a more mainstream Republican primary opponent. During Thursday's hearing, Adam Kinzinger, one of the two Republicans on the panel, urging the Department of Justice to charge Trump with a crime. There's no way we recover from it if we say what happened in 2020 was okay. Trump has continued message on that. Now, if you were around for January 6th, where clearly you were around, you saw all those people bum rush the Capitol building. Yeah, I'm telling my age, bum rush. I mean, it's like the 1990s all over again, right? But, you know, Donald Trump pretended like it was the 1890s. So what ends up happening is that, you know, they charged the Capitol building, man. And when they charged the Capitol building, numerous people were killed. Now, I'm being honest with you. And you know and I know, if there were some black people that did that, we'd still be counting the bodies right now. But, you know, Donald Trump and his minions, that's the name of a movie, ain't it? Minions. And his minions, I call them the Trumpistas, the Trumpers, you know, those people. But those people somehow, they don't believe that what you saw was really the truth. It's really maddening. Gabe, I think you got the clip of what these Trumpistas are, are talking about. Go ahead and play. We've now seen five congressional hearings about the January 6th attack, but are Donald Trump's most loyal supporters even tuning in? The Daily Show's Jordan Klepper went to a MAGA rally in Mississippi to find out. Take a look. Are you watching it? No. No. Why not? Well, A, time. You don't have time to watch a two-hour hearing. <laughs> no, yeah. No. How long are you here today? Until five. Until five. Which is, five. you got here at? I got here at seven. Seven, which makes it ten hours. Right. What about what happened on January 6th? What do you think what happened there? I don't really know what happened on January 6th. January 6th, the... The election day? No, election day was back in November. Do you... I don't even know what... Do you know about January 6th? No. So when I say January 6th, that means... Just... Nothing. I don't know. That's just a day to you? Yeah. Did you hear about the, the insurrection attempt at the Capitol? No. no. Nancy Pelosi, she start, is very responsible for what went on then. She planned it. She she planned what happened? I believe so. Why did she plan to get attacked by a mob of Trump supporters? Because she wanted to be able to blame it on the Trump supporters and have something bad to say about them. Shouldn't we investigate that? Uh, yes. So you must be watching the January 6th committee. <laughs> what makes us different here at DLR is that we're honest.
All right, here we are back again, and we were just talking offline about these Trump supporters. And these Trump supporters and what they're doing, they somehow, 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 MAGA maniacs, they somehow believe, as that lady said, Nancy Pelosi, what the hell was she talking about? And then you had one person saying, you mean the election day, January 6th? No, the election was in November. You know, Trump has these people so discombobulated that they don't even know how this whole election is supposed to go. They think, or they thought, or they still think indeed now, that the election happened on January 6th. If that was the election, then it was a violent election. Can't the Trump people run a clean election without people dying? What else you got? So there's a big question, right? Heading into the fall, we're going to see more hearings, apparently, from the January 6th committee before the midterms about just what what's the effect politically, right? Not the most important part of these hearings, but an important part. What might it be of showcasing Republican after Republican reaffirming that what Donald Trump did was unacceptable? It's something I talked about with late night host Stephen Colbert after yesterday's hearing. What do you think that the aggregate impact of this will be, all this information presented in a clear way uh, and in a calm way, will have politically? And I don't mean necessarily the horse race. I mean on the Republican Party and their fealty to Donald Trump. On the latter question, I think that they have done. I mean, I am not the target audience here, so I don't want to sort of project. But that's clear that they, they have yeah. a target audience. Yeah, and they do. I think here's what I think. I think his political power in the Republican Party is actually waning a little bit. Doesn't mean he's not the front runner. He is. Doesn't mean that he is not the most likely person to be the nominee. He, he is definitely the most likely person to be the nominee. And in fact, if you asked me to bet against him or the field, I'd probably take him over the field. But the baggage here, they, they have done a very good job of draping this baggage around his neck. And even if you're a guy who thinks Donald Trump was great and you hate the libs and you hate the Democratic Party and you want to win, you got to have it in your head right now of like, man, that's all, he's got a lot of baggage. Do we want someone with that much baggage? And I think that does create a bit of a crack and a, big, a bit of an opening. Someone who's actually been tracking all this is Sarah Longwell, publisher of The Bulwark, host of the Focus Group podcast, and she joins me now. Sarah, you've been doing these focus groups uh, throughout the hearings. Uh, who are the folks in the focus group, and what have you been hearing as these hearings have progressed? So they are all 2020 Trump voters. So they are people who have supported Donald Trump. And what's been so interesting, we've done nine focus groups of Trump voters since these hearings began. And in four of them, zero. And out of those many focus groups, they still believe that Donald Trump should be elected president. Now, that's the scary thing about it, folks. The scary thing about it is that the majority of the Republicans still believe that Donald Trump should be president. If that doesn't scare the hell out of you, then you wouldn't mind being babysitted by Freddy Krueger. I mean, this is just terribly embarrassing for America to be like this. There's nothing exceptional about America when you have someone that tried a violent coup of the United States government, and we have them on tape. You know, go back and look at the January 6th insurrection and look at the outtakes. We didn't show you the outtakes in which he was stating that, no, I can't say that. No, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. And then there were other outtakes, and we can show you 
we have all summer long to show you because we're going to do it. Show you that the vice president was running for his life. You know, his, his boy, I'm, I'm, I'm going street language, his boy, the president, put a mark on him. He did. You know, he set him up. He set him up. He set him up. Trump set him up because he said to him, he said, Mike Pence doesn't have the carriage. And people were looking on their phones. And when they were looking on their phones, they were saying, oh, he's saying that about Pence. Let's go. Hang Mike Pence. So they were saying, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence. And Mike Pence was hearing it. God-fearing Mike Pence was hearing it. And he ran for his life. There was a lot of other people ran for their lives, too. There were some people who ran for their lives that had in their mind that the insurrectionists were on their side. But you know, when bullets start flying and things start happening and people start getting beat up and rioters start rioting, you don't know the good guys from the bad guys. You just know we're just doing something. So that's what happened with Josh Howley. Now you're saying, who the hell is Josh? Josh Howley sounds like a basketball player. You know, like he's like a power forward, Josh Howley. That's it, Josh. Because I, I told Gabe, I said, Josh Howley was running. And he's like, oh, he's a track star? He might as well have been a track star. The 200 meters was, that record broke this past week, I believe. Yeah, but, but it wasn't from Josh Howley. It was from someone else. But Josh Howley came in a close second. We have him on tape at the U.S. Capitol. Show that tape about Josh Howley. Senator Josh Hawley also had to flee. Earlier that afternoon, before the joint session started, he walked across the east front of the Capitol. As you can see in this photo, he raised his fist in solidarity with the protesters already amassing at the security gates. We spoke with a Capitol Police officer who was out there at the time. She told us that Senator, Senator Hawley's gesture riled up the crowd and it bothered her greatly because he was doing it in a safe space, protected by the officers and the barriers. Later that day, Senator Hawley fled after those protesters he helped to rile up stormed the Capitol. See for yourself. That's, well, you saw it right there. You, you just saw it. Josh Howley doing his 200 meter, uh, well, he's, he's, it was 200 meters, probably 200 meters, you know, from the Capitol steps to his waiting limousine as he sped off. But this is what you end up happening to have. You end up happening that some people rile up a crowd, and then after they rile a crowd up, they run. Kind of remind me, I, I don't know anything about this Gabe. Why are you laughing, man? Gabe's off. That's my producer, folks. Y'all should see Gabe. He's, you know, but he's off, offset right now. But what normally happens when I've heard when people go out there would always be one person in the car. Always one person you have to look out for. Gabe, you don't know nothing about this, do you? 
And that person would always rile people up. And you would always be having to find a way out of a fight because this one guy would be like, man, they won't let us in that club no more. Why don't they let us in the club? You know why. It's what you did. They don't like you, and we always together. So whenever I go, they always ask, where's your little friend at? You know, and that's what it is. Josh Howley is Donald Trump's little friend. And he did just what little friends do when they get caught like that. You know, play that tape again. I mean, this is just crazy. This guy's just running. He's like really, really a coward. This guy's a coward. You got to pull it up again. I mean, I, I could spend 15 minutes talking to him. It's going to take you long. But, you know, hey, this is it. All right, here we go. You, he got it. I'm Senator saying it. There you go. Now, get, I can do the talk over. So, there you go. You see him clearly now raising his fist up. He's, he, he's raising his fist up. He's very a powerful man. You know, he's like like... like a wrestler, you know, like, the, you know, M.M., you know, A, fighter, you know. He, he got his fist riled up. And then the next thing you see, he's an athlete again because now he's no longer an M.M.A. wrestler. Now what he is, he's a track star. And once we see how fast he runs, you'll realize that he is a coward. There he is. That, let's play it again. Slow-mo. Let's play the reverse angle. Oh, there we go. All right. I think we got it. <laughs> Say, Gabe didn't know we was going to do Ed Vision here. <laughs> right on time on. I'm talking right over. Go like, okay, let's play slow-mo, reverse angle. Okay, there we go. We got it. So that's what ends up happening on that. So that's, that's what we have that, that, is, that is truly happening from the Capitol steps. So we're going to take a quick break right now. It's 510. Uh, we are going to go ahead and we're going to talk about the uh, uh, Democratic Convention that was held in Dallas. And uh, when we come back, uh, that's what I'll be talking about. And is there a pathway for the Democrats to win in 2022? Let's play some of our local music. And when we come back, I'll be talking about them Democrats. Hello out there. My name is Byron Williams, former NFL player. I'm with the NFL Players Association. And when I'm not in the community, I'm listening to Mr. Ed Gray, the commish. Men, you've been spending countless hours on YouTube searching for encouragement and empowerment. I want to give you the tool that you need today. It's InTheHuddleOnDemand.com. Go to InTheHuddleOnDemand.com today for the encouragement and empowerment that you've been searching for. You'll get a behind-the-scenes look of what's been going on with In The Huddle with Chris Howe. Go and check it out today. Who was that masked man? You mean you don't know? That was no masked man. That was the commish. Saturdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on the Fishbowl Radio Network. Hey, you know, whenever I want good Cajun food, I go to Thibodeau's located at 107 North Cedar Ridge in Duncanville, Texas. They're really hot, just like the Commission Radio Show in Thibodeau's. Hot is this gumbo. We will see you later at Thibodeau's. What's up, beautiful peoples out there? It's your boy, Maul, a.k.a. Cool Pop Watson, baby. Make sure you check my man out. Three to five every Saturday. Commission Radio Show. Make sure y'all come check my man out. 
All right. All right. Thibodeau's. It looks like I'm going to be going to Thibodeau's. Thibodeau's. Gabe, you know, I did that one uh, on one one take. Is you, you, you saw, but you're used to that kind of thing by now. We did the public service announcement uh, earlier about COVID. One announced talk to you about that because it's a lot of people getting COVID and everything. I want to make sure that you don't get it. Uh, stay vaccinated, stay vaccinated, uh, get boosted, and, you know, uh, wear your mask. I'm, I'm telling you, you got to wear your mask. You got to wear your mask. Now, if you don't wear your mask, okay, you don't wear your mask. I got you. I mean, you know, but a lot of people are getting sick from that. And if you boost it, chances are, you know, it, the outcome won't be as it was in 2020. So that being said, we want to make sure that you're doing that. A lot of things are going on in the community. We uh, want to uh, send a special shout-out to Leo Hassan. Just got through speaking to him uh, 15 minutes ago. You say, who is Leo Hassan, and why did you speak to him? I'm glad you asked that. Uh, tomorrow at 10 o'clock a.m., that's in the morning time. I know a lot of you will be in church, 10 o'clock a.m., uh, I will be at uh, Martyrs Park, which is located at the Triple Underpass. Gabe, you, you know anything about Dallas? You know where the Triple Underpass is at? Okay, that's where I'll be at, Triple Underpass. That's where President Kennedy was shot at. Uh, that's also the spot where three men were lynched. Uh, Cato Miller, uh, Patrick Jennings, and Sam Smith were lynched. Uh, at that location in 1860. So we are uh, commemorating that lynching, and that's also the site where Jane Elkins was capital murdered by Dallas County in 1853. So that's where we'll be at. We will have a libation ceremony. Libation ceremony is a serious ceremony. Now, a lot of you know what libation is. We, we always refer to it as a drink, but it is a a African tradition and, and people you know like you know you know what I'm talking about if you're from Old Cliff you definitely know what I'm talking about for the homies who, who ain't I know you know what I'm talking about because I saw you do it last week for the homies who ain't here so for the homies who ain't here you know you pour it out that's a libation so what it is is that you give libations to the ancestors to the ancestors who who uh, preceded you we are all ancestors in training. That's what we are. As long as we're living on this side of the dirt, we are ancestors in training. Ancestors in training. So what we do is we, we pay honor to these ancestors by giving them some of the fruits that we still possess here. And part of that is obviously... Uh, wine or any other kind of substance that you would like to go ahead and give to them. So we will have that uh, uh, libation ceremony there. We are encouraging people to come out uh, and, uh, you know, partake of it and, and check it out. That is the first of the summer lynching commemorations. You didn't know there that many lynching commemorations? Well, as the leader of the Dallas County Justice Initiative, that's my job to tell you. September 10th, September 10th, we will be having another commemoration. Yep, Dallas, Dallas led the uh, county in lynchings. They had another one. This lynching was at 
Trinity Groves. Trinity Overlook Park. That's the park that's right next to Trinity Groves uh, Shopping Complex. Uh, right there on the banks of the Trinity River. That's the Coombs Creek lynching. Coombs Creek flows right into the Trinity River. And that's uh, where another gentleman was lynched as well. That was William Taylor. He was lynched there. So what we will have a commemoration of his lynching there. We will also place a historical marker there. The same marker that we did at uh, Pegasus Park, which another park. Find a park, you'll find a lynching, it seems like. Pegasus Park, Main and Ackert Street, where 5,000 people, 5,000 people saw Allen Brooks lynched way back in 1910. So we ended up having that lynching commemorated with the historical marker, uh, which the Equal Justice Initiative and the offshoot of that, the Dallas County Justice Initiative, we had a marker placed there. We're having markers placed at these locations because they, and you know who they are, they erected Confederate markers and Confederate memorials to glorify a loss. Who won the Civil War? Did the Confederacy win the Civil War? Why would you build a monument to a loss? The Confederates lost that. But what wasn't lost was white supremacy. White supremacy won. White supremacy won. And when it one, we had markers commemorating white supremacy. Well, I'm on a roll now, folks. I know you're not giving me no hearts, no love, but I'm dropping the truth. So let me go ahead and drop the truth. If we're talking about Confederate statues, which we clearly we were, let's take a look at a couple of other statues that uh, we have as well. Uh, Stonewall Jackson, Robert E. Lee, General Robert E. Lee, they're insurrectionists, if you will. Well, they're rebels. The rebels, uh, that's what they called them uh, during the Civil War. They were rebels. The rebels, uh, they uh, have a statue uh, uh, at, at, well, it's Stone Mountain, Georgia, near Atlanta, Georgia. It's big. You ever seen that statue? A large statue. I'm glancing off. This is Gabe. I'm, I always like to glance. We need to get another camera where we can catch, catch Gabe. Where he's just sitting here mesmerized by my command of history. Well, I have no other, I command it because I master it because I have a master's degree in the subject. So now, that being said, we already pay homage to myself, as I often do. But, you know, what we also have to pay homage to is the truth. Confederate statues there in the land of Dixie, a land which was also Cherokee land. Cherokee land that was a sacred place for the Cherokee Indians the Cherokee Indians had that so instead they desecrated the Stone Mountain Georgia well the mountain and they put a confederate statue up there which is a great monument to white supremacy there you have it but then again they didn't stop there they went to the Dakotas and they went to a place called Mount Rushmore you ever heard of Mount Rushmore Mount Rushmore. I know I'm stepping on some people's toes today. I don't care. You shouldn't be on the dance floor. You know, I have, well, you know, I don't have rhythm. I'm black, but I just don't have rhythm. But that being said, Mount Rushmore was holy territory and property, again, of the Indians, uh, indigenous, indigenous Americans who lived there at that time. But they found gold in them, there are mountains, and in them, there are mountains. They decided to erect statues again 
directed to people like, well, George Washington. He's up there as well. And several other presidents are there as well. Monuments to American democracy, but also desecration of a holy site for indigenous Americans. Well, there we go. So I've now put shade, as people would say, on great American monuments. It's not my job to do that. It's just my job to tell the truth. My job to tell the truth is also to tell the truth about the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party in Dallas, Texas, held their state convention, and I was proud to be a member of the Democratic Party. Yes, I am a Democrat. Yes, I am a Democrat. Will Rogers once said, they asked him, they said, are you a member of a organized party? He said, no, sir, I'm not a member of an organized party. I am a Democrat. Well, I understand exactly what he says because what occurred at the Democratic National uh, Democratic State Convention was something that was somewhat like Will Rogers talked about. We don't have any clips right now, but what I do have is just my personal remembrances of actually going to several conventions. Well, stick with me, if you will. I attended this convention, and Kim Olson was running for Democratic chair, and I supported Kim Olson. Kim Olson's a colonel in the United States Air Force, and I had the opportunity to, to uh, introduce her at the convention. Now, I introduced her into the convention, and when I introduced her in the convention, uh, she had two opponents that were vying for that same seat. Now, check it out. I wish you could drop the camera and bring the camera to me because I want to talk to him personally one-on-one, -on -one, but I have to look up from time to time just to get them eyeball to eyeball with me. So... Uh, this is what it exactly happened. What happened was I attended the convention, and it, it was pretty cool. Carole Robinson was, was also uh, a candidate as well. You have that clip? Of, uh, let, 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 let's play that for him so y'all can uh, know who was running. And then we will go ahead and uh, talk about Gilberto Hinojosa as well, Gilbert person to lead their party, Carole Robinson. Right now, he chairs the Texas Coalition of Black Democrats, and he has also served on the Houston City Council. Mr. Robinson, good morning and welcome to the program here. Let's start out with two basic questions. Why are you challenging the incumbent who's been there for a decade? And secondly, how do you think you can turn around the state Democratic Party? So I want to be clear, I'm not running against anybody. I've been elected to public office, and my basic rule is run when you believe you have a better solution and i have a better solution i describe it as rebuilding the party from the bottom up i think we've got to have precinct chairs in every one of the nine thousand precincts a county party chair and we've got to give them specific instructions on what we need them to do to turn out a specific number of democratic voters in each of those precincts to win the state republicans as you know are investing in the real And he did a great job. He, he is a, the leader of the Texas Coalition of Black Democrats. And I've already said that uh, I am a Democrat. And I, I checked my census records this past uh, a year, a year and a half ago. And I, I checked it and I marked black there. So I guess that qualifies me as a black Democrat. And I, I, I like I like him. He's a good guy. And a lot of my friends told me about him. I never personally met him. Uh, I never personally talked to him at all. But, however, I just want to go ahead and say, just because we're black and we're Democrat, 
that don't necessarily mean I have to vote for you. Okay, that, that's just straight up. I know I'm going to make some people mad because they want me to be in the club and like, I'm OJ and you can kick me out. That, that ain't going to work. So let's, let's uh, now play Chairman Hinojosa. You have Chairman Hinojosa? Yep, while Gabe struggles mightily to find the clip that we did on Hinojosa. Yeah, we got Kim Olsen. We don't have Hinojosa. Oh, we don't have Hinojosa. Oh, we don't. Oh, wow, we don't have Hinojosa. Well, we have Kim Olsen. So let's play Kim Olsen. Says the Texas Democratic Party needs a course correction. Texas Democrats have not scored any wins statewide as they had hoped. The blue wave has yet to materialize. And Colonel Kim Olsen, a U.S. Air Force veteran, says she can fix it simply because she has run for office before. Colonel Olson, welcome to the program. Let's start out with something you say that you're going to do, and that is you will finally lead the Texas Democrats to win a statewide <laughs> office, something they haven't done since 1994. Uh, my question is one that others have, too, though. You couldn't get yourself elected to one of those statewide offices when you ran for Texas Agriculture Commissioner. How do you intend to help anyone else? That's a great question, Jason, and thank you for having me on board today. I think by running statewide and visiting 244 counties across our great state, what you learned as a statewide candidate is, A, how to run on a statewide platform, and B, some of the basically voids that we have within the infrastructure of our respective parties that sit out there. You know, it's my belief that if you really want to win at the statewide, you have to have strong, you know, foundations for these candidates that run statewide to stand on and build their campaigns. And that comes at the local level, whether you're running for. So we had that question and the question was a fair question. And that question was asked by a good friend of mine at Jason Whiteley. I would not have been on TV if it wasn't for Jason Whiteley. And that's going to be in my book that's upcoming in 2023. But Jason Whiteley asked those hard questions. And this is where we are at on this show because we hit just as equally as hard. That was a hard question. The question was, it was out there. How can you get Democrats to win when you didn't win yourself? Fair enough question at all. Uh, now, he, meaning Jason Whiteley, asked that question, and Hinojosa, Chairman Hinojosa, uh, actually won re-election for that office to be chairman of the party, and the chairman has held this position for quite some time, and the reason why I, you have a clip, yep, all right, so uh, what essentially has happened was the reason why I didn't support the chairman is because well, the reason why I didn't support him was because we've been losing. We've been losing. I thought it was time for a change. But what I was deeply troubled by was that I got there and I did the intro to Colonel Olson, and I started receiving phone calls and text messages on my phone, obviously, because that's where I received them at, and it was saying, really, Ed? Really? And it was playing racial politics with me, of all people with me. Really. And it was like this. You had three camps. Equally divided. Trying to get one win. 
And we left going into the Democratic Party state convention separated. We left separated. You can't beat the Republicans if you're not together. You just can't do it. I know I'm a loyal Democrat, but I'm a loyal person when it comes to intelligence, too. In order to beat the other side, you have to come out of there united. We went into this convention with one firm goal. One firm goal. That's to beat the other side. And you know what the other side stands for. The other side stands for Trumpism. During the Republican National Convention, uh, National Convention of 2016, you had Trump saying, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up, was talking about Hillary Clinton. So you have an autocratic, 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 autocratic dictator whose promise is that he's going to clean house and have what he calls an American carnage. Not my words, his words. Look up autocratic. He's not a Democrat. He's a person that wants to take control and charge and it's his way or the highway or no way. And the Republican Party, God bless them. You know, I'm from the South, and normally when you say God bless them, that means you're about to say something really bad. The Republican Party has went into a routine of insurrectionism. They believe in insurrection. They still believe in insurrection. If they say they don't believe in insurrection, I challenge them. And I know I got some Republican friends out there. I challenge you, tell me what's in your Republican platform that you decided to run on. I mean, the homophobic comments that you make, I, well, that's expected. But other things that you said, such as Joseph Biden didn't win the election, it's over with. He won Texas. I mean, he went in Texas. I'm referring to Trump. So if it was a stolen election, that means he, did he actually win Texas? So I don't understand. In a campaign that if it's fraudulent, what part of it is fraudulent and what part isn't fraudulent? Does that mean in Texas it was an honest campaign and all over America it was not? Yeah, that's what you say it is. You say in Georgia it was a, it was a crooked campaign, but in Texas it's an honest campaign. But now what you're saying now is you want to pull out of the Union. We just told you earlier about the Confederate rebels. We don't want to call them generals because they didn't take an oath to the United States government. They're Confederate rebels. They're rebels. The Confederate rebels who are on that big mountain called uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia, and people know, uh, don't recognize that Stone Mountain, Georgia, and, and Mount Rushmore were done by the same guy. The same guy who did Stone Mountain did Mount Rushmore. He did the same one. So anyway, 
the Confederate rebels have a monument to white supremacy and they were insurrectionists, the ultimate insurrectionists. They were against the United States government that they pulled out. They seceded from the Union. That's in your Republican platform of 2022. You don't want to be part of the United States. So now what you've done now, you've taken this insurrection one step forward. Beyond January 6th to the year 2022 where you're saying Joseph Biden isn't president and we don't want to be part of the United States. <clears throat> I'm choked up behind that. Democrats. We came out of a three-way race. Let's hammer into things that we are united in. We need to be united on pulling that and putting it up on a wall like a Mount Rushmore right now, like a Stone Mountain, Georgia right now, and saying this is what you stand for. The chairman's election is over with. And when I come back, I'll explain to you how we can move forward after the chairman's election is over with and how we can win and what we must do to win. We need to win, folks. If this was an athletic contest and you continue to have losses, what do you do? You get rid of the coach. Well, we got this coach for one more season, but sometimes we got to outplay the coach. That's why I'm asking you, the people of the Commission Radio Show, to share this. My Get Out the Vote campaign starts today, and you're part of it. Let's uh, play some drops. What's up, beautiful peoples out there? It's your boy, Mar, a.k.a. Cool Pop Watson, baby. Make sure you check my man out. Three to five every Saturday. Commission Radio Show. Make sure y'all come check my man out. Hey, you know, whenever I want good Cajun food, I go to Thibodeau's, located at 107 North Cedar Ridge in Duncanville, Texas. They're really hot, just like the Commission Radio Show in Thibodeau's. Hot is this gumbo. We will see you later at Thibodeau's. Hi, my name is Gail Todd with Townview Realtors. If you find yourself in the market to buy, sell, lease, or maybe you want to be a part of this hot real estate market by investing, just give my team of professionals and I a call at 214-675-9572. Again, that's 214-675-9572. Or you can email me at gtodd88 at yahoo.com. With me, it's all about you. This is John Cruzel, your Democratic candidate for District Attorney for Dallas County. Thank you to the Commish and Ed Gray and the Commish Radio Show. <laughs> 
My name is Vinton Jones, and I'm here on the Commish Radio Show. I'm running for state representative in the runoff for House District 100. I'm working to improve our health care, our civil rights and social justice, support for our public education schools. and also All right, we're back again. That was Vinton Jones. As you know, he won the runoff. We need to update that one, but, you know, what we need to do is we need to update our strategy for winning. Uh, let's... Uh, uh, look at this convention as a way in which we can move forward. I will be visiting several uh, locations throughout the state of Texas and yep, you ask why am I doing this? Am I running for office? No, I'm not running for office. I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. That's what I want to do. I don't play to lose. I play to win. You know, I've came this far as we were talking uh 60 years and 100 and how many days? 60, 49 days. Uh, that's how old I am. And this is what we're at right now. We're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. That's an old joke that Eddie Murphy said many years ago. And that, that means that we're just falling for the okie doke. We don't need to fall for the okie doke. We need to get out the vote. We need to get out the vote. We need to articulate what's going on with this American. American democracy is under attack. It's under attack. If I have to come here every week to talk about it and, and also bring evidence, as I clearly done, this is the time spot that Michael Todd would be here. But this time I'm not a lawyer, but I want to go ahead and bring forth the same type of evidence. We need to do that. And like I said, sometimes you have to outplay the coach. And outplaying the coach is we have to put forth the effort on the field to win and putting forth the effort on the field is means that I'm going to be visiting some of the Democratic clubs and I will be talking and I will be spreading forth what we need to do on Twitter where you can catch me on Twitter Ed Gray1906 you can catch me on Instagram Ed Gray1906 we need more people to join we need more people to join because this is the fight for our lifetimes. Now, a lot of politicians, they normally say that. They just say it. They always say that because it's the fight of their life, because they want to get elected. I'm not on the ballot. I'm not caring about winning an election, but I'm caring about American democracy. The things that we have to fear right now is our own very way of life. And that way of life is not a way of life that's based upon whether or not we can, well, we can feel good when we can go to the store. Uh, we can feel good when we pay for our gasoline. Though Those are the things that concern us. Those are the things that concern us, just like the AC unit that's blowing in the background. Those are the things that concern us, whether or not that AC unit can come on because we are now operating it on a grid that's on an eight-track system. Democrats need to wake up and start smelling the coffee and start serving the coffee to other people and saying this is what we're talking about. Mike Collier is running for lieutenant governor. He said he can fix the grid. We have attorney generals like Ken Paxton, who's an insurrectionist who led chants of Trump up in Washington, D.C. during the January 6th insurrection that Josh Hawley was practicing his 200-meter run? Well, he has the opportunity possibly not to finish his term out 
by going to jail because they say he's a crook. Now, I'm not going to say lock him up as General Flynn for President Trump's campaign once said of Hillary Clinton. But what I'm saying is we need to have an attorney general that won't be locked up. That's what we need. We need to articulate that. If they're going to run on the banner of Trump, then you go ahead and show the flip side of that banner. You make sure that they understand. You make sure that if you're going to go down fighting, you go down fighting for a cause. And this fighting for a cause clearly means you take it to the other guy. You don't punch your own people out. You take it to the other guy. If you're playing the game of football or basketball, you don't fight your teammates. You fight whoever the hell's on the other side. In boxing, you, don't, you can't fight yourself. There's no way to fight yourself. You fight your opponent. That's what this show's about. You got to fight. And I know they said during this January 6th insurrection that's riling people up. But you know what? I'm probably guilty of riling people up because, I, hey, I fit the profile. I'm a big black man, so therefore I'm riling people up. But if riling people up means that I'm riling people up for the case of defending my country, then, yeah, that's right. I'm riling my people up. And if some people say, your country, well, you're damn right it's my country. My people were here, literally here, before we had a president of the United States. The oldest relative in my family was a man named Liberty. They found him on the slave census in North Carolina. He was nine years old in 1789 when President George Washington was inaugurated. Given the name Liberty by an enslaved, well, he was enslaved by his slave master who gave him a name of something that he couldn't achieve himself. And when I found that out, Ever since then, I've been fighting even harder for liberty. Not the liberty that we talk about, but for a manling liberty. My great-great-great-grandfather. And that's what this is about. We've come too far. We've sacrificed too much to disdain the future. That's what President Kennedy once said. And I can take his words and make that to heart right now because the future is now. The future is now. And Buffalo... Buffalo, New York, we saw the future. We saw the future. In Uvalde, Texas, we saw the future. The future is now. We're all in this together. But some of us are down at the very bottom. At the very bottom. At the very bottom with no hope of getting out of a hot, boiling, cauldron pot. That shouldn't be like this. My God. I've come this far to have this speech to give now. Many more miles ago before I go to sleep. But you know, that's the reason why I'm here this Saturday. And I want you to share this. Please share this. Please share this. Because we have to win, folks. Democrats, Republicans, Independents, 
this isn't about me. This isn't about you. It's about something that we all hold dear. Our country. God bless America. Thank you for listening to the Commission Radio Show. We'll be back next week. God willing. And we'll see you tomorrow at the libation ceremony where we commemorate an injustice in which three men were lynched and hung and the whole county of Dallas enslaved African-American population was beat and whipped on the banks of the Trinity River where the triple underpass now stands on July 24th, 1860. Introducing the topic and dropping it, the Commish Radio Show. We'll see you next week. Hi, this is Howard Scott from The Howard Scott Show. Coming to you from beautiful Arlington, Texas on Fishbowl Radio. You can catch me every Wednesday from 6 to 7. And we play all this war music. And you get to hear some of the songs that I wrote when I was in the band War. How I created the songs, the stories behind it. And we start off with the blues. You have a good time talking to me. So tune in every Wednesday from 6 to 7 and catch The Howard Scott Show. We're having a whole lot of fun on Fishbowl Radio. Jump in. was that masked man? You mean you don't know? That was no masked man. That was the commish. Saturdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on the Fishbowl Radio Network. Hey, this is Cheryl Smith, and when I'm looking for news and information, I tune in to the commish on Saturdays. I got so much trouble on my mind. Refuse to lose. Here's your ticket. This is Sheldon Smith, president of the National Black Police Association Dallas Chapter, with my good friend Ed Gray on Commission Radio every Saturday. Tune in.